Welcome to the Appeal Unfiltered. I'm Naima Abdullahi. I'm Brie Renee, straight from the A. And today we have a legend joining us to talk about his legacy, how much of a contribution he continues to have in the hip hop industry. And Brie, this is someone that we did interview at a sit down interview for season one, but now we're having round two, right? Right, we had to circle back around technical difficulties and then the pandemic happened. So we're like, no, we have to make this happen. This is an ATL legend and we thoroughly enjoyed the original conversation. You dropped so many jewels. So I can't wait to spill the tea again today. Beautiful, beautiful. Amongst 2020 this year, the pandemic has taught a lot of us how to pivot. You know, we talk about real hustlers know how to pivot and adjust with unforeseen circumstances. So I wanted to ask you, like, with your long-standing career, what are some ways that you had to pivot in your own career or things didn't work out quite the way you originally had planned them to? Well, for, 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 for me and my company and our company, we had to, Story and I had to figure out new ways of income like everybody else. And we had to figure out how to make the most out of a small situations and things that we had to uh, kind of make up great, take great ideas to some of our, our partners and, and actually figure out how we can be a benefit to their serve to, to their company and a service to their company. So that was no different than what we do every day. So really for us, it was more of a, um, wasn't more of a pivot, more of a more, direct and more precise way of marketing for them in order for them to be able to survive in a market. So we just had to come up with greater ideas and coming up with greater ideas was something that really was not hard for us, but it became a situation where for me, for me personally, I had to kind of think of a new way to attack a new market with a new situation because of the pandemic. And we had to realize that people were thinking differently People were adjusting to things differently. And we just had to figure out how to uh, appease that market. And that product had to be good enough and well enough for more than just the frivolous things that people used to do. It had to be more about the tangible things that people have to do now. So for us, that's the only thing we had to do is figure out how to, uh, to approach the market and people in a way that really helped their bottom line, which was just living every day at that point. To bounce off of that, what advice have you given artists who only know the spend, 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 spending habit? Because right. the pandemic really taught us that, you know, you had to have been a saver to survive during circumstances like this because ain't no show money, no concert money, no nothing coming right. through. So what advice have you been able to use this as a teachable, teachable moment for a younger generation that doesn't know about savings? You know, the, the thing is that I've always... Uh, oppress upon young artists, um, you're just at the beginning. And I've told plenty of artists that, you know, just, you're going to do that, right? You're just going to, because you never had it. So you're going to go buy this, you're going to buy a car, you're going to buy a house, you're going to buy this. And over the years, I've learned that in order to have a stable career, you have to learn that this is more than just this moment. This moment is just that moment. You have to make a lot of moments to create a story. And your story has to be about chapters and, and paragraphs and, and, and the story has to be told a certain kind of way. Uh, most artists don't have stories. They have spontaneous moments or they have this. And they say, well, this is what I want to do with this OG. I want to take this $100,000 and 
and I want to buy this car. I said, man, that's a very, that's a, that, that's a non, that's a non, that's a, that's a declining asset that you don't need to have. Never invest in things that aren't going to um, appreciate in life. And for me, I've always told artists, whether it's a pandemic or whether it's regular day to day, that we have to make sure that you be around here forever. You got to feed your family. This is a career. This isn't just a lick. Uh, we can't just keep hitting licks on this business. This business is not about hitting licks. It's about investing in yourself and your future, uh, assets, uh, things that you could do. Like even if you bought one or two McDonald's, that, that's things that most people can tangibly see, right? Most artists, you can't tell them, go, vote, go, go, go invest in stock, go invest in this, go invest in uh, mutual funds, go invest in this. They'd be like, what are you talking about, OG? Well, I'll tell you what, go buy a McDonald's in your hood. Go buy the checkers in your hood. Make sure you don't spin your way in the poorhouse. And it happens a lot. A lot of times artists just spin their way all the way into a poorhouse because they want to show out for everybody. Don't show out, man. They don't care about you. They ain't your friend. Make sure you take care of your family. Make sure you take care of yourself and everything will work out. I've been doing this for 30 years and I've seen some of my peers put themselves in the poorhouse. And it's, it's heartbreaking to see it. You know, they, they balled out when they were, they were doing it. And I think that every artist, the one thing I think artists should, all artists should have that we should invest in is accounting school for artists. Uh, artists should have some kind of way where we teach them as soon as they get in. I wish somebody would have taught me this, man, back when I first started, man. Like, I had to learn this the hard way from failing, you know. Those failures created success. But I think that I don't, I don't get why we as a people have to fail before we have success. Uh, no other race fails before they have success. They just come in and be succeeding. And, and, little, and little Johnny, man, he doesn't, you know, we're going to make sure we take care of him, right? We got to do the same thing for our own people. I think that kids, when they come in this business, should sit down and have a class. Hey, man, this is what you got to do. Make sure you put your money here. Make sure you put your money here. Don't go to that club. Because that's going to do this. When you're in the club, that's how you should act. When you're around this, that's how you should act. We should have etiquette classes. We should have all kinds of things for young artists. But, you know, that, that part of it is a whole other discussion. But I think that for, to answer your question even more, I think that young artists should know that this isn't just your one-time thing. And this could be a career. I think that's a great idea that there should be some type of training. Like you said, financial literacy. How right. To budget how to stick to that and even advocate for more ownership in whether you're a music artist or a content creator which brings uh, like how atlanta has been the hub for a lot of content creators and even music artists and like you said we'll pop in our city and then other cities are capitalizing off of our artists. How do we also not only bring that financial literacy back to our artists and content creators in the city, but also the knowledge and the know-how on ownership? Um, I think that um, for the city, right? I think that everybody should, we should welcome each other. All melanin-skinned people should be able to make money off of this, right? Whether you're from New York, whether you're from Miami, whether you're from the West Coast, if it's, Atlanta is the spot where black people can win, then we all should win. Now, there should be rules, of course. There should be a space where people come in and they understand the structure of the business here, and we respect it. Because this is the holy grail in life of 
of where money is being made for black people in entertainment. So I think that we should have a space that where people respect where the money is made. I know when, when we would be in studios back in the day, no problems were ever happening in studios because that was the that was the zen. That was the spot where the money is being made. Man, we don't mess up with the money being made, Jack. We don't come over here. When you got problems, you handle that somewhere else. We don't have no problems at the studio. That's where the that's where the millions are being made, man. We don't play around here. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't play that. You know, we just don't play that. So I think that the uh, artists have to understand that certain places are zen spaces or, or Switzerland, as they will. Switzerland meaning that ain't shit happening here. This is all happiness and joy over here, Jack, because this is where all the equity and all the cash and all the money, you want to have that Benz? This is where you make it at. So we can't have no stress over here. We got to have the stress somewhere else. I don't need it nowhere else either, but over here, we're not going to have that. So I think that that's the thing to keep to. I've been watching a lot of young artists die for no apparent reason. I'll be like, yo, man, why you get all this money? You put all this effort into what you're doing, man. And it, it hurts my heart, man, to be honest with you, to see young people that have put all the effort into their product, put all the effort into their vision, they, they, the way they wanted to look and the sound and, the, and everything, and then get on, start winning. And a year or two in, they end up with some tragedy. Somebody shot them on the corner or whatever. It's like, come on, man. This is ridiculous, man. And it's becoming so regular that people are starting to adapt to it. Like, it really don't mean that much, but it does. It means everything because at the end of the day, if this goes away, we back at McDonald's. We back on it. We back on and nothing against people working at McDonald's, but you know what I'm saying? It, 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 it takes away the equity and it takes away the, 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 the gold and the wealth building that we've all done here in this city to make people have a space. But like, it takes away you guys. There is no more uh, interviews. There is no more reporting because there's nothing to report on, right? So we, we, we have to make sure that we all are responsible for each other in order for to keep this thing going for the next 50, 60, 100 years. Me and Bree are always fascinated by people's come up stories. You know, mm -hmm. when you were making your first song in the studio, when you were mm -hmm. making, you know, Never Scared, I know like, you know, for T.I. that was a pivotal song, for you that was a pivotal song. At that moment, did you realize like how magnetic that very moment was? Or is that something an artist processes? Because you don't know it's an avalanche that's gonna take over. Right. You're just making music from the heart. But did you have an indication of how transformational the early stages in your career were? Um, no. I wasn't doing it for that. I was doing it for the love of music, mm -hmm. um, doing it for the, the inspiration of the vibe of the groove. That's why I was doing it. I, I didn't really care about money. All I cared about was having fun, really, enjoying the moments. You know, we were having a good time back then. It wasn't, no, wasn't a lot of stress. Uh, yes, of course, we understood the industry thing was there, uh, deals, you know, getting some money so we can uh, take care of our, ourselves and our families. But Changing the world? Mm, no, not really. But I did know that we were on a mission. Now that mission was to get to a goal that was unclear but precise in its nature. Now we, we began thinking of how we could control the world, but there was no clear path that way. You know what I mean? We were just kind of knocking down trees and creating a path along the way. And no, I, I don't think I was thinking about that at that point. But what I was thinking about, though, was I was thinking about 
how I could make energy. I wanted to make powerful energy. That energy would transform into something. You know what I mean? I was like, yo, energy, let's make some energy. And that energy created this path that uh, knocked down a whole bunch of walls that I wasn't scared to walk through. And that part about it was real. Like I wasn't scared to walk through no walls. I wasn't scared to knock down no barriers. I wasn't scared to do anything that took for me to get to where I had to go. And, but I kept my, my humility and I kept my passion. So I think that's why I lasted so long with people when they felt that from the record and the way that it all came together and the way it felt coming from the South was very genuine. And at the time, that was something that was needed in that space, togetherness between all the artists that were on that record and all the artists that we all worked together. All of us were on a passionate mission to work towards something great. And that created the sound and the flavor and the, and, the, and the energy that you guys are feeling today. That's what it's about. That's why the path is so big now, the hole is so big, the kids don't, kids don't understand that there was no hole in the beginning. There was no music business, really. I love that um, you guys are, your, your organization is giving back and helping out young artists because it's so much that, like you said, they don't know entering. And like you said, you were just doing it for the fun, for the energy, and you, and you pioneered and ushered in a new sound back then. So a lot of young artists now, you know, music is constantly ever, uh, evolving. So there's always new sounds to things. What advice would you give to these young artists now who might be ushering in a new sound as well to have that same confidence that you said you had when you were walking into the room and busting down those walls like you were introducing a sound that a lot of people hadn't heard before but you were so confident so what advice would you give to other artists that are that might be trying to usher in a new sound or a new trend or wave you know um have a plan have a serious plan, execute that plan, and don't be scared of shit. You have to be very confident in, the, in, in the, your intent. Your intent is what it's all about. People can smell fear. They see it, they feel it, they understand it, and if you have any kind of fear coming up off of you, it ain't gonna work. That means you're not that confident in it. People wanna see you invest in you just as much as you want them to invest in you. So, Whatever you have going on, whatever that product is, and also make sure that that product that you are, you are introducing is something that isn't so far left, but it got to be ahead of the curve. It has to be in a space where people are like, man, I never thought about that, but damn, I can get with that. That's something that, that's the key to millions of dollars. That's the key to wealth building. You have to start investing in things that, you know, most people be like, man, I don't know about that one. But maybe, but you got to show them that you really into it. You know, at one point, everything that is was that someone's dream that they believed in. That we, well, that wasn't was someone's dream that, that they believed in. It's it's real. If you really believe it, at some point, at one point, the light bulb was crazy to people. Man, I can't believe you, bro. You you trying to tell me you could turn a you could turn the bulb and it makes light like the sun. Yes, it does. Yeah, the sun. Yeah, I'm doing this. People laughed at him. Come on, man. You got to be kidding me. Come on, come on. So now what we think is we got to have it at one point was 
no way. It's not going to happen. So for every young artist that's starting out, you have to learn to be above the curve and a product that nobody else is doing, but not so far away from people that they don't know what you're doing. That's, that's, that part of it is the genius part. As a follow-up question to that, what was the moment for you that you wanted to go beyond just making music and go into other avenues? Because that alone is a pivotal moment to go beyond just the artistry, but to create the art, to foster it, to consult it. What was it for you that, you know, led you in that direction? Love. Love led me in that direction. Um, passion. Um, I, I've always been a lover of arts. As you can see probably behind me, that my house is full of art. I got art everywhere in my house, all the walls. Um, but I've always been passionate about visions and um, creativity and things that could be perceived differently, but in an exceptional way to make people feel good about themselves. That has always been my narrative in life. I've always been this person that always cared about people and humanity and investing in people. And that in turn led me to being into uh, consulting. I think that that was my, that was my whole intent was to, I would help people when I would have nothing, just to be honest with you. I would have nothing, I'll be helping people. I have nothing in my cup and I'll be helping people all the time. And that's something that my, my, my wife was like, yo, you should turn into a business because you would constantly be helping these people. And, you know, it should be something that could be monetized. And I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. Because I would help people and they would go do their thing and they would never reach back to me sometimes and, and never help me out. And I'd be like, well, I said, well, let's turn it into a business. So we turned into a business and it's been very, it's been flourishing for the last six years now. We're doing very well with it. And that's on the consultant side. Now, the, now I've also have been doing movies. I've just started a movie last year with Tamela Jones um, called Daily Dispatch on TV One. I, um, it just, it came out, it came out last year, right? 2019? Yeah, 2019. I've, I've been in nine movies actually. And I co-starred in all of them and, uh, or starred in all of them. And I've done, you know, I'm a chef, so I did Food Network. So what I would do is everything that I could do, I would figure out a way to turn that into something exceptional for myself and for my lifestyle. So I would say, well, okay, I'm doing music. Also, I would want to do this too. So I would, I would, I, I got on a private jet, Food Network flew me down, flew me up on a private jet to New York and said, yo, Bone, we want to do, we want to do a show with you. I said, man, cool, cool. But at the time I was on tour with Eminem and D12 on the House of Blues tour and I just couldn't do it. But I did spot dates. I would do, I did, I did uh, Iron Chef three times. I did uh, Emerald. I did all those shows. And they were like, yo, we want to introduce you to the, the Food Network family. So that was beautiful, man. To your point, my pivot was something that I was already into. I just capitalized off the things and the nature's blessing of my own energy. And I turned that into a lifestyle for myself. Music. I got my new album coming out next year. And... And I'm bringing it in a way that hasn't been done in hip hop, back to the curve thing. 
Uh, it's going to be very outstanding. I can't wait for people to hear it. It's going to be an interesting groove. And with all the Mother Nature's blessing, we're going to have some fun. Any album names as of yet? Well, I can tell you who's the producers on it. I won't tell you the name of the album yet. I got production from uh, Drummer Boy, DJ Toon, Black Elvis, uh, Magneto, um, uh, Israel, Question, some guys that I just start working with, and DJ Krispy Kreme. So it's a lot of big time producers on it. We had fun making it. And it's an inspiration of love and life and happiness. So we, we're going to have some fun with it. Well, we're excited for that to drop. Hopefully we can get it exclusive when that comes out. And yeah. you talk a lot about how you help others and you're always pouring. And we're really big advocates for mental health and self-care. So like, what are some things that you do to keep your cup full while you're helping and pouring into everyone else? How do you refuel and recharge? Um, Self-love and structure. That, that are the things, those are the things um, that I've learned over the years. Stay away from narcissistic energy and make sure I, I keep myself in a Zen space that makes me feel whole as a human. Um, I've always uh, tried to figure out how to make other people happy. Then I had to figure out how to make myself happy. And that was very difficult for me. Um, because I told you before, I'm a giver. So it was very difficult for me to um, say, hey, man, just take care of you. I had to learn how to be a little bit selfish, um, and selfish, self, self-full, if you will. I had to learn how to be self-full and become a better person for me. I can't help others if I can't help myself. So, you know, you're on the airplane, they tell you to put your mask on first before you help others. There's a reason for that. If you can't help yourself, you can't help nobody else. So I had to learn that, a hard lesson, that helping yourself is not bad. And I was raised to help others before helping myself sometimes. So it, it's, it, it was innate and, and for me to be that way. But now it is um, innate for me to be this way. Uh, I just stay away from bad people. Uh, stay away from bad energy. Bad energy will destroy your whole life. So I stay away from that. I stay away from people that don't get it. Uh, if you're not in my space, that's cool. I, you know, I don't have a problem with where you are. It's just we don't vibe. So I stay away from people that don't vibe the same way I vibe. I just kind of keep, keep myself in a very happy space at all times. And if I can't be happy, I'm gone. When me and Bree were lining up what we wanted to do for this show, you were one of the first people who crossed our mind of who we wanted to interview. You know, the first version of the interview didn't work out the way we wanted it to because of audio interview, audio issues. So we glad you back on. What advice do you have for us as we pursue season two, season three, season four, five, 50, 11 times down right. the road? Along with that, telling these untold stories of hip hop. Right. Um, persistence is key. Like we said before, the ideal is there. The premise is there. The persistence of the job is not done. You have to continue the path that you're on. Um, you guys have a great topic. You have guys have great, a great premise of the show. You guys have a great outlook on how you want it to go. Just believe in it. And don't let pettiness stop you from your goal. It can. Emotions can stop greatness. Um, don't allow emotions to stop you either. Um, fix it. Move forward. 
and never quit. Um, I think that it's, it's proven that you guys can do it. Now the step is how long and how much wealth are you willing to put into it? How much building of wealth are you going to do? Are you going to just make it where it's a couple of seasons and you guys say, hey, man, you know, whatever. Or is this going to be a 10-year thing, a decade of these shows? Are you going to be Fly By Night? Or are you going to be Jimmy Kimmel? Are you going to be um, a regular? Are you going to be Johnny Carson? You know, and this is what it's about. You have to make sure that what you're doing is something that's going to be forever. When I go into something, I think it's going to be forever. I don't do stuff and be like, hey, man, this is going to last about five minutes. And I'm blah, blah, blah. It may. But you always go into it like, yo, I'm trying to do this forever. Like, I want to live off of this, right? You guys want to live off of this in a way that makes people say, look at you and be like, hey, man, I want to be like them when I grow up. They legends, right? That's the part about it that creates greatness in you. And, you know, you call me a legend. I don't, I don't deal in that. I let people talk. I don't care about that. But it's all about that's how you're going to be. At that point, you're 30 years in. You're like, man, I've been doing this so long. Man, I don't care about this, right? That's when it becomes great. When you're like, I've been doing this so long, man. This is like water. Like, I just drank a cup of water. I got up and took a restroom. I've been doing this so long that this is just part of my DNA. This is part of the air I breathe. And, and you know, I've been at 30,000 feet so long, man, I, I didn't realize there was a ground available. That's what it's about. And if you can do that, people will look at you a different kind of way, you know. It's all about a lifestyle that you build for yourself, all about a legacy that you build for you and what you, want, what you think is great, not what everybody else thinks is great because that's their path, not yours. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in to The Appeal Unfiltered with myself, Brie Renee, and Naima Abdullahi. Today, we just finished up season one with Bone. Oh! No. That's right. All of that energy right here. Make sure you stay tuned for all the updates on season two.